Good Botox is never cheap and cheap Botox is never good. Today's guest with us is Sarah Snar. Very excited to have her with us today. She is a nurse practitioner with Journey Injection Lounge. And Sarah and I met, gosh, it's probably been a year ago now. Mm, yeah, about. And you were just getting started with your brand new business. You've been a nurse practitioner for a long time. Mm-hmm. You had been doing ICU nursing before. Mm-hmm. You felt a passion and a calling for something different. And now you're starting and growing and succeeding in this new business yeah yeah it's been great and I was fascinated with all of the things so today we're going to talk about all things Botox fillers (laughs) hair replacement therapies maybe even some IV Mm -hmm. things I feel like this time in our lives is where we hear about it the most like women of a certain age let's say you know nearing the big 4-0 or Shortly after that, are feeling like maybe it might be time to start thinking about. Maybe they've already started. They're dabbling. They don't know which direction. So I, I pulled our audience. I collected a lot of questions from ladies of all ages, actually. Um, and I thought we would just dig in today and see if you can tell us all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Help I'm sort us to, out or straighten us out, right? Yeah, and try to answer all the questions <laughs> of the things that people want to know. So, yeah. yeah well, first, let's let's talk about you. So let's yeah. hear about how you got into this, why you got into this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I started off as an ICU nurse. Um, I graduated from nursing school in Illinois in 2008 and then dove right into intensive care unit nursing. Um, just wanted to learn a ton, and I knew that the the uh, the things that I was going to learn in the ICU and the types of things that I was going to encounter and see were going to be so, so cool. So it was either ICU or emergency room for me. Um, I learned very quickly uh, that I it, it hurts my feelings when I have to treat pediatric patients. So I learned pretty quickly that maybe emergency room wasn't the, the area that I wanted to go into. Um, yeah, kids, they just shouldn't be sick. It no. just hurts my feelings. Right. Same with, right. same with uh, animals. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to be in the adult world. Um, not that it makes it any easier when adults are sick, but it just, yeah. yeah. There's something about children that hurts my feelings and it's for weeks. <laughs> That's a great right? way to put weeks. it, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, dove into ICU nursing. Um, knew very quickly that I wanted to continue my education and go on to get my master's in nursing. And so... Um, went back to school when I was in the ICU um, to become a nurse practitioner. And the ICU was one of the, the uh, places that I found my love for skin. Um, wounds, like the bigger the wound, the better Ooh, for me. Interesting. The yeah. more gross. Like I was Gory. like, yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to learn. I want to take care of that. Um, and there's just so many things that come out through the skin as well. There's so many things that present. I mean, you can diagnose someone with breast cancer from a lesion that you find. Kidney disease, things like that, that are internal and that you don't see can actually present themselves with the skin. So one of the the things that I wanted to do was do a clinical rotation in dermatology. And so I um, started that uh, as a um, nurse and went to a guy who owned a pretty big private practice in Illinois, which is where I lived before, and said, hey, I want to do a clinical. He brought me on and I never left. So I spent all of my time as a nurse practitioner in clinical dermatology. I got into the cosmetic side of things when one of the injectors went on maternity leave and they said, hey, Sarah, guess what you're gonna do? (laughs) I was like, what? They're like, we're gonna teach you how to do Botox and fillers. And I was like, okay. And it just so happens that I happen to be pretty good at it. So 
that is where good at stabbing people. Good, I, all things needle. <laughs> all things needle. I was really great at IVs um, in the ICU and, and um, all that stuff. So and then yeah, it just happens that I'm just really good at all things needle. Awesome. So what a skill set. Yes. That's how I kind of got into the cosmetic side of things, and I absolutely loved it. I still love dermatology and the medical side of derm. I still love to help people. Um, with their acne or with hair loss and that kind of thing, but the cosmetic side of it, making people feel confident in the skin that they're in with something as simple as Botox or filler injections um, and making it look natural. For me, that's the number one key um, is to make it look as natural as possible. You want your friends and family to wonder if you're using a different makeup or what kind of skincare products you're now using because something just looks really good. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be to the point where they're like, oh my gosh, who did your filler? Because it's so obvious. Yeah. So that's kind of where I really honed my skill. And I have been doing this for oh, uh, 12 years Okay. Now. So yeah, open this journey. Yes, definitely uh, have, you know, have learned from some of the best in the industry um, from honestly injectors all over the world. Dr. DeMaio, um, I took some of his classes. I mean, just some of the best in the industry. So That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I moved to Indiana a couple years ago and, um, decided to open up my own practice and here it is. And here, here we are. are. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I think the one that we hear like the most about is Botox, everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's like the OG, like everybody. It is. Yeah. Yep. So let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. At what age do you think people could or should start getting Botox? Ooh, if good that's... question. Yeah. So um, I actually started when I was 29. Okay. And I think at now 40 years old, it has done me well. Um, I don't have any lines at I'm looking rest. It's completely perfect skin right here. I'm staring across the table at. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I would probably say, um, and it's it's become something that we're definitely seeing men and women come in earlier for. Okay. Um, and I think social media has a lot to do with that. But I would say mid to late 20s. And do you think it's preventative time. at that point? Or is it like people are already showing, like you need to have a wrinkle before you come? No, okay. not necessarily. Because I, I tell people, I'm look at your parents. Like, what kind of lines do they have? That can be a pretty good indicator of what's to come for you. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, think about that. We have you make a bunch of different faces when we do your consultation <laughs> evaluation to see, number one, how do your muscles move? What are the strength of your muscles? What types of lines are you looking to get in the future if we don't start treatment now? Um, but no, we're, we're really seeing it start earlier and earlier. And you're right, it is a great preventative tool. Because if the muscle can't move, the line or wrinkle or ridded, as we call it in the medical world, can't form. So what people don't understand about the muscles that we treat is those muscles are always slightly ready to go. They're always contracted, right? Just a little bit. The muscles in the face are just like the muscles anywhere else in the body. Um, just like your bicep, it's always slightly contracted and ready to go for when you want to, th- you know, contract that muscle and, sure. and do whatever it is that you need to do with it. So same with the muscles in the face. Over time, as those muscles are pulling down or they're pulling up or they're sc- scrunching in around the eyes from you squinting from the sun or smiling or whatever, those lines are going to form. We make those faces, and we don't even realize it, in our sleep as well. So those should be getting eight hours, right? Those six to eight hours, <laughs> ten hours if you're lucky, um, that you're sleeping – 
your muscles are moving and forming those lines as well. So that's why when we wake up in the morning, sometimes we're like, man, the bags underneath my eyes are the worst in the morning. Mm -hmm. Or when I wake up, the lines are, you know, worse here in this area. Mm -hmm. It just depends on your problem area. But yeah, if you can't move that muscle, that muscle's relaxed, the line's not going to form. Okay. So honestly, the sooner the better. Um, the youngest I've treated with uh, a neuromodulator like Botox is uh, 21. Okay. So, and actually her mom brought her in. And was, was it purely cosmetic or was it for like another use? Because that's something else I wanted to ask you about was I feel like we hear now all of these other uses, alternate for yeah, TMJ, for, mm-hmm. um, you know, migraines, migraines anything sweating. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about that. Like what are the alternate uses? Yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of them. Uh, the number one I would say is headaches for sure. Um, I have people that say, I swear this helps my headaches. And I'm like, it does. It actually does. Um, another thing that people don't think about is there have been studies that have shown that doing neuromodulators such as Botox and Dysport helps with depression. Oh. And I'm like, huh? But if you think about it, you get it. Because if you look in the mirror and you feel good about what you see, you're just going to have a better day. Sure. You're going to feel better about all the other things that's weighing on you as well. That totally right? makes sense, yeah. Um, it also helps to, with migraines, it helps to decrease those tension muscles, mm-hmm. um, the scowling muscles and the glabella. It helps to relax that forehead down. So those, those places that we carry tension, it definitely helps to relax those muscles as well. Yes, TMJ. So when we clench our jaw, we have bigger muscles called masseters at the sides of our jaw. And then also our temporalis, um, which is up by our temples. Those are the two muscles that we focus on for TMJ or grinding of the teeth, uh-huh. um, that kind of stuff. Um, also now the, the traps, um, when you have a really tight trap muscle, you carry a lot of tension there. We can put neuromodulators there to help relax those as well. So um, excessive sweating, hyperhidrosis in the palms, in the soles of the feet, in the underarms, that can be really embarrassing for people. The I actually treated, when I say, the youngest I've treated with uh, Botox was 21. It was actually, now that I think about it, I think he was 15 or 16 because he had excessive sweating to the okay. palms. Yeah. To the point where it was just dripping oh in my pools gosh. from his hands. So can you imagine that poor no. kid wanting to go out on a date Horrible. with someone? Horrible, yeah. Awful. And being nervous or taking or a test. Or drive a car or yeah, hold yeah. a pencil. How would you do anything? Taking a test was where he was most, um, where he was experiencing it the most. Oh, it's awful. And it was just dripping from his hands. So we treated him and he gets, you know, six months of relief of that excessive sweating amazing um, with it so yeah there's lots of different areas essentially that we can we can use neuromodulators okay yeah cosmetic is the most common sure um that i deal with at least but yeah it's definitely out there for sure. is it becoming something that the um like the you know medical necessity side of things is covering you know like i know with botox most of the time if you're going cosmetically your insurance isn't covering it but when it's treating things like a tmj or an excessive sweating can you get it covered by insurance? Um, Sometimes if you go, typically if you go to someone who only treats cosmetic, insurance isn't going to cover. Okay. So, and I like to say, it's it's kind of like this, say say headaches, say migraines. Um, If I can't, if I'm not able to, or I don't treat migraines in my every day-to-day practice, then I'm not going to build insurance for it. Because typically what insurance says is you have to go through X, Y, and Z and fail those therapies first before they're going to cover gotcha. neuromodulators, uh-huh. such as Botox and Dysport. So if I'm not treating um, 
a patient with X, Y, and Z and having them fill that therapy first, then I probably can't turn it okay. into insurance sure. otherwise. But there are other physicians that do, and there are other ways around that sure. as well. So I always tell people, if you are someone that um, is getting treated for TMJ by your dentist and they're in billing insurance or um, neurology um, for your migraines and they're billing insurance, let me know because there's other ways we can work around Okay, that. yeah. So. so in that same vein then, let's talk about expense because I think mm-hmm. that's another big thing is people say, okay, I'm thinking about doing it, but they're like, how how do I even know what to plan for? And I think, you know, we hear out there like, and I think TikTok's a big one too, with units, they say you have a number of units. Well, how do you know how many units to plan for yeah. if you're getting ready to invest? Everybody's a little bit different. Um, that's the one thing about doing neuromodulators that people have to understand is it's not a one-size-fits-all. We're not going to do the same dose on you that we would necessarily on me or the next person or the last person. So it should be very individualized to you. Your injector should be having you make those faces, looking at those muscles, seeing how strong they are, making sure that one's not longer than the other. Um, because if you treat both sides the same, when one muscle on one side is longer than the other, then you're gonna end up with an asymmetry. Oh, or do you have an asymmetry? Can we help that? Can we fix that yeah. with um, Botox type of a thing? So I usually say a typical dose, so what the FDA says is 64 units of Botox for the full face. And when wow. I say full okay. face, that's the glabella, that's the 11 lines, yeah. that's the forehead, and that's the crow's feet. Um, I'm gonna say the average of Botox injections per person is probably 30 to 40, um, 50-ish if you're doing full face to start off with. Okay. But full FDA approval or what FDA recommends is 64 like units. That. Okay. So. Well, and I feel like you see Groupons form all the time and discount codes and all sorts of advertising. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you can trust a technician that's offering a big discount code? Uh, I, yes and no. I That one's a tough one. Um, of good Botox is never cheap and cheap Botox is never good. Ooh, so that's a good saying. Um, it is expensive. <laughs> to follow. It's, yeah, it's not it's not just expensive to receive. It's also expensive for us as clinicians to purchase as well. It's not cheap. Sure. So um, people think, oh, you're making big profit off of this. You're, you're really not, honestly. Um, unless you're just busting people through every 15 minutes and it's a, a very, very quick thing, there's not a huge profit in it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love to do it, and I love the results that I can get with my clients, um, and I like making them feel good. Sure. So, I mean, is it kind of the gateway drug, though, would you say? I mean, does it kind of open up the possibilities for people to then go exploring other options? Is that usually what you see is people start with Botox and then they sort of move into other products and services from there? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one of the best examples of this is what the, the, the popular lip flip. Right? Okay. Lip flip yeah. is a neuromodulator like Botox into the muscle around the mouth. That muscle over time starts to push that upper lip down. And so when you do it, you really see a very natural but slight lift to the uh-huh. lip. People a lot of times want more. They're like, okay, all right, that wasn't bad. I really liked that. Let's talk about filler. Yeah. I know that has to be so nerve-wracking, though, because I feel like there's a delicate balance between natural and, like, Donald Duck. You know, like, to get that <laughs> that exact balance has yes, got to be hard. Yes, and if you feel like you've gotten Donald Duck, definitely. Number one, I always say go back to the provider that did it if you're comfortable with that. 
um, and let them know what you're seeing mm-hmm. um, and see if they can fix it. They, I, I almost say, like, they deserve the right to know so that they can try to correct and they deserve the right to know so that they can learn themselves as well what not to do to the next person. Um, but there are ways to break that filler down. Um, fillers are made up of hyaluronic acid, which is a naturally occurring substance within the body. There, therefore, there is an enzyme to break it down as well, which is called hyaluronidase. And every single injector who is doing fillers in their office 100% should have hyaluronidase in their refrigerators as well. So j- just in case, like, sure. you never want it to happen. You never want a vascular occlusion to happen, but they better have that stuff. Well, and I've heard, I feel like you hear mixed things about fillers and people, it seems like lips are a lot of places that you do mm-hmm. it, but then you also hear people talking about like eyes mm-hmm. and like, you know, lids or like dark circle treatment. And sometimes mm-hmm. a filler is recommended for that. Is that something that you would recommend or see? Or what do you think? That is a, the, the under eye area is a very, 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 very risky area. Um, there's lots of risky, like don't, don't get me wrong. Anywhere that you're putting um, filler can be very, very risky and you can run into a problem. Um, if you don't know your anatomy, if you're not doing any of the other little safety precautions that are out there, um, and if you're just, you know, putting it wherever someone would want it um, without a proper assessment, it's, it can be very, very risky. That being said, even if you do do all of those things, it can still happen, right? You can still run into some problems. But under eye area is definitely very risky. I feel like there's other options, um, like platelet-rich plasma treatment um, to that area. And it also just depends on where you're where you're wanting the injection done. A lot of times we can get some improvement to the teardrop or under eye area without actually injecting right there. Okay. Um, it's all about understanding the aging face and why that happens and why we're starting to see those things. Um, and, and knowing where you can place that filler to improve the area without going into that danger zone. So there is a, a, a line, mid-pupillary line, as I like to call it, because it's literally right down the middle of the pupil. Mm-hmm. Anything inside of that or medial towards the nose, um, for me, is a no-fly zone. It's just really, really dangerous in sure. there with a lot of nerves and blood vessels. And you put someone at risk for blindness if you Ooh, include one of those. We don't want that, right? no. Yeah. Can ha- like I said, can happen anywhere, but that's a very risky area. So staying outside of that is kind of key. And then also just educating the patient and, sure. and talking about, um, you know, why we don't go to that area or other options like PRP therapy that's more safe that can mm-hmm. still get some really good regeneration mm-hmm. of the collagen elastin in that area and help to, um, you know, plump that area back up for you. So. I'm glad you said regenerate and rejuvenate because I feel like that's another thing too is maybe you're not super comfortable with, you know, injections, but you want to be able to look a little refreshed or rejuvenated. You know, it seems like what I've always heard from cosmetologists and any technician in that field is that your skin care and health starts from within. It starts with diet. It starts with exercise, water intake, hydration, all of that. And I know that's another area that you sort of have started in on is like IV therapy where Mm -hmm. you're replenishing people's fluids and the bags have, you know, different vitamins and things in it to help with that too. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, you know, if that would help people maybe that want to, you know, start to work on improving their health and their skin but aren't quite ready for fillers or Botox? Yeah, definitely. So the number one place that I tell people, people to start if they're not ready for Botox or fillers is a good skincare regimen. Sunscreen every single day, no matter what. Um, Retinol, 
um, some a, a retinol product. Retinol increases cell turnover, so it helps to put your freshest skin forward. It's something that you have to, if you haven't done it before, you want to take it slow because you can get kind of red, flaky, dry, irritated with it. So take it slow. You know, start off every other night or even every third night, and increase is tolerated. And then. Um, Something to help fight free radicals, so a vitamin C or an antioxidant mist, something antioxidant-wise for the surface of the skin. And then facials, um, just you know, monthly facials. It doesn't have to be anything too aggressive or too extensive, but anything that's going to stimulate blood flow to the surface of the skin is going to help the appearance of the skin. Okay. Um, so those are the things that I always say start off with. Definitely a sunscreen, um, a retinol. I recommend retinol for someone aged 12 to 112, okay. honestly. It is a, and no a, big side effects, no thing cautionary The only tales. thing is you can't use it if you are pregnant. So I always tell people if you are wanting to go down that journey, um, making sure that once you start trying for pregnancy, maybe stopping it. Now there's no, there's no case out there for um, topical retinols or Retin-A harming a baby or harming a fetus, but we know Accutane, um, we've heard of that. Isotretinoin is the other um, name for that. That's a, a prescription that mm-hmm. individuals can, can take for different medical diagnoses such as acne. That is the oral form of vitamin A, oh. which is what retinol is okay. essentially, and that can cause that's a big no-no. Yeah. Um, that can cause okay. um, fetal demise, yep. honestly. Yeah. Okay. So I usually say start with a really good um, skincare regimen. And then IV therapy, yes, looking from the in and coming out. We want to make sure that, number one, we have a good gut. That What we don't understand is, is the gut is huge. The gut, our gut health is huge in everything. It's huge in our mood. It's huge in our skin. Um, I feel like... The gut is our second brain, if not maybe even more important than our actual brain, honestly. Wow. So um, gut health is huge, so keeping that healthy. Hydration is huge. Um, and, and getting the vitamins and minerals that we need. Um, that was one of the reasons, too, why I kind of got out of medical dermatology and kind of wanted to get more into treating the body from the inside out is because one of the things that I see is we are slapping band-aids on diagnosis all the time. Um, Instead of trying to find the root cause and what's really going on and really getting down to the nitty-gritty, it's, hey, take this medication. This will make this symptom feel Mm -hmm. better. And in dermatology, itch is a perfect example. You have someone who comes in and they're just itching. Oh, here you go. Here's a steroid cream. Yeah, the steroid cream makes them feel better, but the steroid cream in the long run has other side effects that aren't great, and it doesn't figure out the true cause of why they're itching in the first place. Um, You know, are they deficient in a vitamin? Did they get into something that they're coming into contact with on Mm -hmm. a daily basis that they're not realizing is actually causing a problem with their skin? All these little things that can cause itch, and here we just want to be like, here, here you go. And yeah, they're going to feel better, right? but it's not tr- truly figuring mm-hmm. out. So IV therapy is one of those things that can replenish those vitamins, um, replenish those minerals, um, and, and rehydrate for sure to give you that really great gl- mm-hmm. glow. Um, I have a, a, an actual beauty mix where we do some, um, some vitamins and minerals and biotin. We add that in as well. 
that um, is really great for the skin. So. Yeah. So, and is it, I mean, you know, safe, of course. I know oh, that you're yeah. obviously skilled and trained, but is it okay to go to some of these IV bars that you see? I feel like you see them kind of like near all of the hot spots in town. You know, is that, do they have licensed medical professionals there doing it? Is they it, should. Okay. They and should. And it's got oversight and people can They feel, should. Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, they should. That they're, they're, <laughs> I say that I was in Illinois um, uh, last weekend, maybe I shouldn't put this on the podcast, but we're going to say it anyway, because <laughs> here we are, right? Yeah. Um, and I was out at a concert, um, an outdoor concert, and they were doing vitamin B12 shots for people. And, and it was at a fair. Was it the fair? Sure. Concert, um, dirty, you know, dust everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing vitamin B12 shots. And mm. I asked someone that got one, I was like, hey, what did you get? I don't know. Something's oh, just going to make me feel better. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay, man. Yeah. So make sure that they're asking you all of the medical questions. Make sure that they're truly trying to make sure that this isn't something that's going to be bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are patients that I will not give an IV bag to because it could cause some other issues. Uh-huh. It's all about making sure that what I do is safe for every single person that sits in my chair no matter what. Sure. So Sure. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating. I, it seems like it's becoming more and more popular, and it's an interesting business, you yeah. know, for sure to get into, but also feels like, gosh, got to have a lot of precaution that goes with it and um, questions and make sure that you're... You know. it, it's it, it is fairly safe, but can you kill someone with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, if great. you're not paying attention and you're not um, asking the right questions, can you harm someone? Yes, you okay, can. Well, it's maybe so. we won't do that. We'll we'll stick <laughs> to things that are a little safer, like the fillers and the the Botox. I mean, it can the... all it, it they all have their their issues. Yeah. Same thing with you know IV therapy is very very it's a great thing. If you need it, I'm getting ready to actually have one done today. Um, nice. What What's going to be in yours? Uh, I'm an uh, immune booster. Okay. Um, you know, all my kids went back to school, and they are all coming home with the ick. All the right? things. They're all yeah. the things. The yep. snotty nose, the sore throat, and I'm like, I don't have time for that. Right. So <laughs> Mama get, going, don't have time for that. <laughs> Mama does not have time for that. So Mama is going to give herself an immune booster IV uh, later and hopefully it. boost my immune system so that I don't get the ick. It's important. So. Yeah. So can people reach out to you and find that um, on your website, or should they call you directly, or how would they get in touch if they're interested in that? So yeah, I'm actually getting ready to have my um, website redone because IV therapy isn't on there, okay. so they can reach out to me um, either social media or via phone, text message, um, and ask about the different IV therapies that I offer. Um, and I can send them the little okay. little form that Great. has all that stuff on there. And we are in Indianapolis, and uh, you know, majority of the listeners are here locally. But mm-hmm. if we had somebody else listening that's not from Indy, and they loved all the answers to your questions, and felt like they'd love to be referred to a provider in another area that they're living in, New York or Chicago, is that something you could help people do? Can you help direct them to the provider that's the best? Yeah, fit? definitely. I can at least um, at least look into that area and see if there's anyone um, that I would recommend. So, okay. yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, well, I think we've kind of covered it all. Is there any other things that people should know about when it comes to skin care and health? And I think when it comes to Botox and fillers, do a consultation with your injector first and just, you know, feel their vibe. Well, I, I'm not for everyone, and everyone's not for me. So if I do a consultation with someone and 
they don't want to have treatment, I'm okay with that. And I can recommend them over to other people too. For me, this is not a, um, a competition. Yeah. I love meeting other injectors and figuring out what they offer that maybe I don't. Um, and being able to provide my patients with another person that maybe can take care of their needs if I can't. Yeah. Plastic surgeons are, are sure. right up there on the list for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but it's important to um, trust your injector and to know that you're in good hands when it comes to this stuff. Because, yeah, you want someone to make you look well, of course. beautiful and yes. natural and, and make you feel great when you look in the mirror. Well, and so. I think that's that's just the, the final point. Is, and I love that about what you said is that all of these things, yes, it does have an outward you know, cosmetic mm-hmm. change. But the inward change that it has for people and improving moods and improving depression and improving self-confidence, I think that's what I would you know, love to kind of leave as our, our final phrase is just, you know, how, what a great, great thing to be able to offer people. It's got to make you feel so good to help improve somebody's quality of life and their feelings. And, um, and then to be able to go out there and see them, you know, with some confidence, that's got to be really satisfying and got to make you proud. I do. I love it. I absolutely love it. There's nothing better than when someone texts me and they, you know, send me a selfie and you can just tell that they are just, they're just feeling themselves. Yeah, you know, they yeah they're glowing inside and out. Yeah. They are feeling fantastic and I hope provide that. I so, love that. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I Absolutely. It. And we'll have to follow up and see uh, if you, if the injection that you got today helps you stay not sick for yeah. the next couple months Absolutely. <laughs> as we enter fall here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah, and if anyone else has any questions, they can always shoot me, um, um, either an email at journeyinjections at gmail.com Perfect. or find me on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, I am located off of 116th by the BMV in Carmel, Indiana. So, yeah. Awesome. Easy to find. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been Speakeasy Podcast, where we ask all the questions you've always wanted to know but are too afraid to ask. Tune in next time for more.